Echo 5, do you copy? Echo 5. Echo 2, good morning. Nice of you to drop by. Feeling alright, sir? Thought we lost you. Right now, I feel like I can take off this whole podcast myself. Ah, I know what you mean. Ready to send that transmission to Echo Base? Yes, sir. R10, pass through. Hey guys, welcome for, to another episode of the Hoth Transmissions. This is Echo 2. And this is Echo 5. Alright guys, today we are on the second to last episode of Mandalorian uh, for Season 1. Uh, just before we dive into it, just got a little bit of news. Um, for you guys that are excited for uh, all the collectibles coming out, they're going to have an exclusive uh, line of the Black Series. It's going to be the 3.75 inch... Uh, figures they're, they're gonna feature uh anakin obi-wan rex and looks like a arc trooper and they actually look pretty legit uh we'll throw some photos up on the instagram and you guys will be able to take a look at that um in the other news july 2021 if you guys are excited for the comics they're gonna have something called the war of the bounty hunters and this is going to believe it's going to go through a few of the main comic arcs. And this is basically going to be uh, about Boba Fett taking Han Solo to Jabba, Jabba the Hutt and his difficulties. So I wonder if we're going to get a little bit of Shadows of the Empire in there. With, and maybe Dash Rendar might make a, a cameo, because I believe in be, the original be canon... Because mm-hmm, during the original canon, Dash Rendar showed up to be able to help Luke and the guys try and get Han Solo before he made it to Jabba. Yeah, and so that's also when we got Prince. I think his name Prince Shizor, Prince Sizor, Prince, with yeah. Black Sun. Yeah, I think that's where the Black Sun first showed up. I believe. I yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he was I, actually I, one of my favorite Star Wars villains. Yeah, well, I, I I like actually like that collectible line in the Power of the Force line with the purple stripe, where the shadow of the Empire, the the um. Oh, the, the cards purple. on that were fantastic. Yeah. yeah, those are those are awesome. There's only there's only like a handful of them in that collection actually, but. Yeah, that was those ones are cool. Which which you, you you're speaking of what you were talking about those three point seven five inch figures from the Black Series uh, news. I I those are the ones that I collect the most. Just because yeah, I, I was gonna say you you'd probably be really excited <laughs> for those ones because it's yeah, gonna be no, like that, uh, ones, the yeah. bubble. It looks like it's gonna be the bubble uh, uh, packaging. That's really cool. I, I I'll be honest, I haven't seen anything on those yet. I heard the news, but I haven't seen any pictures. So I'm excited to see what they have because those are the ones that I miss. The ones I collect. I don't collect the six inch black series figures are uh, i have a few of them but they're not my main collectible because they take a lot they take up a lot more room and they just frankly they cost more money <laughs> yeah so. but those ones i only pick and choose the ones i like but sure. sadly i've fallen into those in the funko pops yeah there you go but they're pretty cool no shame there man oh none <laughs> um uh, so oh absolutely i love collecting um uh, <laughs> All right, guys, so let us jump into the episode. So, so this episode was a little interesting because this kind of leads up to 
the last episode this kind of becomes like a two-part episode and yeah. so this one we kind of see like the little bit of the beginnings of a team and it starts off with basically mando gets a call from grief cargo calling him back i thought yeah. that was really intriguing what do you think of that well i, I was i was curious because where the story was at this point i wasn't exactly sure where mando was going to end up by the end of the season and I was the first time I saw this. I was sort of shocked, but sort of not shocked that he was gonna go. The grief cargo is basically calling him back to Navarro. I figured that they had to have some type of closure there with the whole guild rebellion and everything that happened there. So I wasn't sure how they were gonna pull that off or what you know what they had kind of waiting for us in the next episodes. But um, I, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, you kind of knew, I'm sure just knowing the way bounty hunters are and, and the way Mando left Navarro in the guild, I kind of figured there would be some betrayal there with Grief Karga. You know, you, you just don't, you don't trust them yet, you know? Oh, yeah. As soon as he called on that, that uh, holocom, I was like, uh, don't trust this message. This, sure. this is definitely a trap. It's definitely a trap. <laughs> and, but his message seems sincere, though, because he's basically like, oh, yeah, well... Empire is becoming a little bit more involved and more of a nuisance than I expected them to be. So, just come back. We'll we'll work out a deal. We'll take care of them. You can go on your way. Blah blah blah. But at the same time, you're thinking, man, I was like, why would I help you? But then, but then, what's in it for me? But then he tells him that basically, if you help me out, then I can have your name cleared from the guild. Yeah, and absolutely, Mando's not an idiot because we see him. He goes and recruits Quill with the IG Eleven droid. Yeah, he uh, goes and gets a uh, Cardoon, which I actually thought was a really cool reintroduction to that character. Yeah, she's fighting the Zabrak. Oh yeah, that thought that was just hilarious. Oh no, that was, uh, that was that was that was Sorgan, the jungle planet. Yeah, that was Sorgan. It was kind of interesting because they kind of jumped around a little bit in the beginning because they had to get everybody together to to kind of get to the main uh, point of the episode, but. It was kind of fun to go back, and he just kind of collects everybody. I thought that's what was going to happen in season two with Cobb Vanth. I thought he was going to go collect him when he was going back to get the child. That's true, yeah. I thought that would be cool. I'm sure that I can see that in season – I would love to see in season three if they go collect him for you know maybe taking back Mandalore or whatever the plot is they'll have in season three. Yeah, because I can see him as a useful character. Yeah. Well, he was, he was awesome. I mean – I don't. I don't know anybody that didn't like Cobb Vanth. Yeah, his his whole character arc was actually pretty cool. Getting to know. I mean, they even give him like a bunch of a flashback scene and stuff. So you kind of expect yeah. it to be a little bit more important than he was. Yeah, not for sure. So I'm sure we'll definitely see him, especially with uh with the what the Boba Fett film jumping back to Tatooine. You know Matt what? Actually, now, now that you mention it, the Book of Boba Fett actually could be where Cobb Vanth becomes a part of and then it, they'll probably have something similar to what they had with like arrow and the flash and, and you know they have these uh you know they're all in the same universe around the same time they end up having meet meetups and then they kind of go back crossovers and, yeah i'm sure they'll have some crossovers going on you know which, which i'm i'm fine that'd be cool uh, even with the ahsoka one i bet that the ahsoka show uh the rangers of the new republic i i mean i don't know if uh you know because of the situation with uh, gina carano yeah, but I mean, you still have the other characters in there, and it'll yeah. it'll make more sense with the Rangers of the little, the New Republic with uh with Ahsoka because she's going up sure. against Thrawn. I'm sure she's going to call in. Hey, I need some help over here. Need some assistance. 
Now there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff there. They're building up a like a little mini universe here within the big bigger universe. It's 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 kind of its own little pocket, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited to see where they go. And just uh, I, I've been I've been going back watching you know animated Clone Wars and then of course the 2D Clone Wars. Uh, now that Disney Plus has them on on there, the the vintage series, and I forget going back and watching this episode. I forget how cool the real life action Star Wars uh, shows are. They you can tell they put a lot of attention to detail and and they they they're very uh, they're really well done. They feel like a movie. Each episode feels like a movie. And uh, anyway. I, I'm I'm still I'm still impressed going back and watching these. Oh yeah, like uh, what was it? The uh, you see cool riding along on that one creature, the and blurg. you see the, the blur yeah, and you just see like the lava, and like the harsh, uh, yeah, environment. Which I, yeah, and you just see like the steam coming up and all the little bit of detail to just the background just was. Really well really done. Cool. It's like they they paid attention yeah. to every little detail they could. And that's that's again one thing I like is how real it looks. They use real scenery, whether it's some of its sets or real locations. It feels real. Um, and then of course the ship has live full scale model. There's full scale model versions of the ship, and and then small scale models. And then of course they've got some animation in there, you know, for some of the moves they can't do with models, but. It, it's just really in all the costumes too um all the characters show up they literally all have rubber masks it's very yeah even quill OG too, star right? wars yeah quill yeah the ugnaught yeah yeah he's got yeah it's, it's total og style and it looks really good even his movements his mouth it's it's just really well fluid. done I, yeah it's really fluid i i even liked i like just like you were talking about the lava fields on, Nav- yeah. on uh, uh, navarro um you see that little yak looking kind of creature that was really cool just oh, always, yeah yeah they, there's just a lot of good there's a lot of stuff going on that is still fun when you go back and watch the episode over and over even though you know you've seen the story it's these kind of things that make you go back and enjoy watching star wars episodes because there's just a lot to look for in the background that's a lot of detail and and things you want to know more about i, I think that's one thing that's really cool because i know that they were originally going to come up with uh what was it kind of like what they do with the movies the illustration book and uh-huh. they're going to do that with Mandalorian. And I think they're going to do it for like seasons one and two. But I think they kind of pushed it back a little bit because I think they might include uh, season three or or something. Something's mm-hmm. going on with that. But I know that, that we're going to be able to see that. We'll be able to kind of take a look at some of the planets that are in in there with all the creatures. A lot of, sure. And they're going to be working on some of the lore and stuff that goes along with it, which I think would be pretty sick. It's funny because with Mandalorian... I've noticed a lot of times I have to go back and look up what the planet names are because they never really say them in the show. I, I remember them saying, they say Navarro. They do say Sorgan. I don't remember them ever saying Arvala 7, the desert planet in season one. Um, and I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't recall some of the, or the, uh, the ice world, which I constantly close mind the ice world from the beginning of, the episode, and then it returns again in season two. And the ah, uh, starts with an S. It, it's yeah, it's at the t- I I it's, I know it and I lose it. I know it and I lose it. But they never they never mention it in any of the episodes that I can recall. And I could be wrong, but I don't remember ever hearing it. So you have to kind of really listen for it, or you have to look it up. 
Maldo Crease. Look, what, what is that? Maldo Crease. There we go. Maldo Crease. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I mean, now you say it, I remember it, but I couldn't think it off the top of my head because they, they never mentioned the name of it. I, you know what? I, now that you mentioned, I think that Mano does actually mention Maldo Crease at one point. Uh, I could be, he, I could yeah, be wrong though. Now I want to go back and look. Now I, now I really want to pay attention because I don't, I don't remember that actually. I don't recall. Yeah, I don't recall either. But, uh, but most of the planets they name in it. Take take note of that. Well, in one of the future episodes or in the next episode, I'm gonna look for it in the next episode. We'll say if he does or doesn't, and then someone could correct us if they hear this. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it it is pretty cool to kind of see because this kind of sets up for uh, season two with uh, Navarro and the, yeah, the little fact the little factory that they had with the lava. And then it yeah. kind of makes sense that they have those, the lava energy, and then it's like, oh, overload the reactor and create all this lava shooting up and everything with that one oh, imperial that's base. Right. The little imperial facility they have to infiltrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and of course, uh, it, it's it's uh, we'll we'll see on the how uh, this uh, nurse droid becomes a legend, sort of a background legend. <laughs> I what did you what did you think about the IG droid when you first saw the episode? Did you trust the droid? No, I was just just with Mando. I was like, uh, keep that thing away from the kid, just just like Mando yeah. wanted. <laughs> but I knew that they'd introduce it in a way that it would be pretty much just harmless. Yeah, because you kind of well, look love... back into like aftermath with the battle droids, and even uh, the episode on was it uh, where. Anakin says, are you from this planet, blah, blah, are you an angel? Oh, yeah. It's where the angels are from, basically. And Diego. You have that, Diego, that's right. And there's this kid on there that has a bunch of battle droids that he reprogrammed to be his servants. So oh, yeah. I, yeah, 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 in the Clone Wars episode. Yeah, so and I, I knew that the IG-11 probably wouldn't be that much of an issue. Completely mm-hmm. reprogrammed for a new purpose that would be helpful. Well, that's that's what that's what. Um, so uh, Quill, I love how he he just mentions how the the droids are all neutral. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I really agree with that because the droids are pretty much program neutral. It, yeah. Or well, not program neutral, but they basically are neutral and they're programmed a certain way. Once, depending on who's programming them, programming them. Yeah, there, there was, there was a line. There's a line that Quilson. I remember how it says, but he was basically saying that droids are neither good or bad. They're just neutral reflections on how their, you know, their their creators imprint them, whether by the memories that are imprinted by their creators or how, however he stated it. But I mean, it's it's true. They're basically programmed. They're computers. Yeah, true. However, whatever personality you want them to have is how they're programmed. But um, you you can see how Mando is not trusting except for R two. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You can't I, R2 or Chopper, no matter what you do, you just can't, you can't, you know, yeah. you can't take them away from their personality. Strong personalities. So that Their personality basically is reflected on their creators, on however they want them to be. They're not uh, good or bad, technically. Uh, yeah, that is true. And it's, but Mando has such like a bad background with him because he's traumatized from his, his youth from the Clone Wars. Just the destroyers yeah. coming in and he's just like, nope. I want nothing. I don't care if the droid's good. Just get it away from me. Yeah. Like he didn't even care for the pit droids. Yeah. Maybe. And maybe. Yeah. 
However, the next step is going to be very interesting for Forum. Yeah. Good th- good well, we'll, get, we'll get more to that later. <laughs> he'd, he'd be like, uh, he, <laughs> I was thinking of a bad joke. I was going to say if he was friends with, uh, maybe he was friends with Wur, Wur, or if he ran a bar, he'd be like Wur in uh, the cantina. Her, uh, woo her droids you know we don't serve their kind here they'll have to stay outside <laughs> yeah they're not that on my team they have to yeah. get out get them out Enjoy. of here it looks all like paul jack oh oh sorry yeah we'll take care of that right away um <laughs> yeah dude but uh for real though um i i thought the ig unit i totally thought that at one point he was going to um like go back to his bad ways i thought that um, you know, but then, then again, as, as the episode went on, you really see the skill that Quill has, you know, what you know, blew me away was when they're in the ship and Meadows like, basically, Hey, we need a new cradle. And Quill just busts out a new one out of, out of scratch, out of whatever. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's just, and, and I, I had forgotten that they lost the, the little floaty crib and he had to make a new one. I completely forgot about that. Uh, you know, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And he, he basically said, so w- what did he mean? So Quill says that he served three of your lifetimes talking to, talking to Cara Doom. He says, I served three of your life. I had served three of your human lifetimes of servitude uh, to basically be free. But then the empire was obviously not around for three li- human lifetimes. So I, I don't, I don't know exactly what he meant by that, but, or maybe he was, um, uh, maybe maybe that's how long his skill has lost. Maybe he has three human lifetimes worth of of of, of training for his you know, skill skill with his hands. That's what I because I, I remember the first time I watched. It, I was like, that was Empire wasn't around that long. It's been Not around like maybe twenty that. years tops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe you know thirty. 30, 35, I think like thirty five years at this point or something like that. Not that not that long, but yeah, that's know, right. Cool. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> just something stupid I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is actually kind of an interesting comment that you throw out there based on what we know at the timeline. I think it's probably just meant to like skill level. Like, Yeah, no, it is. I, I, I guarantee it is. But the, the, the dude's got mad skills. He basically, yeah. what it sounds like, he won his freedom because he was so dang good at making things is what it sounded like. Yeah. I mean, maybe he meant like, because Ugnaughts lived for about 200 years. Okay. Like so maybe that's, about as long as yeah, Wookiees probably. Yeah. Pretty much. So I wonder if he's no, talking actually, about it. he's worked. I'm sorry. I think I think Wookiees live longer. I think Chewbacca was around 200 years old. But I think yeah, Wookiees, Wookiees are like 300, 350, or 400, somewhere around there. Yeah. But I think he was talking about his skills. Like he's been working with tools or whatever. I'd, yeah. ha- I'd have to see the scene again to see the the context of it. But, I I think that's but, what that's it meant what because. I mean, imagine imagine somebody in our lifetime that lives, I don't know, an average of 80 years and the type of skills that people can do, that humans can do. Uh, think about a creature that can live three times that or four times that. that has got, yeah. Think about the, 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 the skill level that they can develop to. So. True. Very true. But again, it's it's cool to see. Um, I like the Quills and Ugnaught. I like that they just continue to use these original uh, Star Wars species. One of the uh, one of the one of the creatures was uh, that uh, was with uh, Grief Karga was a type of uh, Nikto species. Um, 
like a different variation of species. One from you first see the debut on Java's uh, cell bars, which is actually where the Nikto first showed up. Sure, and that was what the Kadasa Nikto, because I know yeah, like it also knows the green Nikto. Yeah, because there's six subspecies of the Nikto's. I don't yeah. know how many of them made it into actual canon, but I know in like the before Disney took over, there was those different different ones. I, I remember seeing a, I remember seeing a Jedi. I had I had a Jedi Nikto Jedi action figure from the Attack of the Clones uh, collection. I don't really remember. Oh, you know what? I do remember seeing some Nikto in Phantom Menace. I see them. You see them on Tatooine because Tatooine's a popular spot for Nikto. Um, yeah. And uh, they show up again, and I remember seeing them again attack the clones. There's a Jedi, Nikto, you see really briefly in the arena battle. Um, True. Yeah. So. yeah, now that I'm kind of like reading a little bit upon it, uh, three of the subspecies made it into canon. It's the Esralasa the Nikto, the Karasa Nikto, and the Kijinsa Nikto. And the Kijinsa is the green one. Uh yeah, the, no the yeah the Katasa is the green, the first one's considered the mountain Nikto or the gray Nikto, and okay. then the Cajun saw is the red Nikto. Gotcha. So we got three of them in, in canon. So I wonder if they'll bring the the other ones into it. That would be cool. Because the ones that we're missing are the bottom three: the Glusa Nikto, the Emshin, Emshin. Su Nikto and the Numol El Rule, yeah. and so I'm sure they'll they'll make it make an appearance at some point because I know they they made a, a action figures of those. Yeah, I actually yeah there there's a a lot of a lot of the species it's it's funny because a lot of the species we've been seeing uh, throughout the rest of Star Wars from Return of the Jedi are actually from Jabba's Palace. A lot of them are introduced in Jabba's Palace. And then they basically have been spread around with the shows and the prequel Star Wars. They they use they, a lot of those. A lot of species were introduced in Jabba's Palace, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, I forgot that. Uh, so when Mando's rallying up his crew, he's getting his crew all together, and he goes back to Arvala Seven and recruits Quill, and then you know they they meet. Uh, um, they see that the IG unit is now a service droid, and. Um, it's it's I forgot that once they take off in the ship and Quill agrees to to go with him, um, I forgot that he makes him bring the blurgs. <laughs> so that's oh, the, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I, I was just remembering the so when they land on Navarro, you've got Grief Karga and all his his bounty hunter buddies expecting to see Mando, and then he shows up with Cara Dune. Or he sees these blurgs coming out of the ship, and he's just like, "What the heck is going on?" And then he's got his buddy, uh, he's got the little quill with him, and then he's got Cara Dune. And he's like, no, you guys need to stay with the ship. And then he's like, no, they're coming. <laughs> and then he, he, looked, uh, he looked pretty disappointed. So I, <laughs> I, I think at that point, I kind of was figuring, man, man this guy's going to try and betray him, or at least he was planning on betraying him. And now he feels a little more threatened because it's now, it's now even more of a, um, of a risk knowing how Mando is. He already basically fought against them. Yeah, pretty much. If it wasn't for the Biscar saving him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. But, I mean, I, I really like the team up that they did with this, even with uh, Greek Cargo's kind of alternate plans. But that gets changed after yeah. they get attacked. What were those? The, were those Gundark? Not, not Gundarks, but uh, uh, 
Minox? I don't no, I don't believe they were they were Minox. I don't think so. I mean you, you could look it up. They they looked a lot bigger. I mean they they were I don't remember Minox being Minox weren't as weren't that big. Um That's true, they're a little bit smaller. No, these things these things were strong enough and big enough to take off with a blurg. They like literally grabbed one and flew off with it. Mm-hmm. These guys were these guys were strong. I think it was just like a new creature that was introduced, uh, native to Navarro. But um, man, when they were having that camping scene, I totally thought that something was going to go down. Like, man, these guys are going to sleep. Like someone's going to fall asleep. Someone's going to freaking take over. You know. <laughs> True. I, I thought that's uh, when they were going to. Be... Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be flying creatures that came down. No. I was expecting but... Empire. Or yeah, Greek Cargo's ambush and then and then of course uh you know you've got a little sidebar on the on the force healing ability there when, yeah because grief gets hit and apparently these get these creatures have poison and they got into his uh system and so mm. we got we get to see uh the child kind of like look at grief and kind of make a choice like you can see that he's still got good in him it's like we see in the second season, it's like, oh, he's got a little bit evil. He does a little force choke on Cardoon and the ship. That's and, right when they were when they were first heading over. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, when they were having that really wrestling. really interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's all oh, cares, and it, you know what? Which which makes me real uh, remember that it's super cool in this how it still has the OG feel with the Force and Jedi, how they're sort of a myth. Yeah. Which is one they, thing that was yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know. Go with what you're saying. I was just gonna say that was one thing that was so uh, intriguing with the original Star Wars is that there was just a handful of Jedi, and the rest of the galaxy at that point um, pretty much saw you know there were rumors. They they just they they, they there's a handful of people that had heard about the Jedi and the Force and these 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 mythical powers and. Uh, even you know Han Solo didn't even believe it. It was something you kind of believed in. Yeah, it wasn't something that was common knowledge. And it's cool that we're kind of back in that era, and that's kind of the era of Star Wars that's that's uh, you know really exciting, just because we don't know. And the whole myth thing is what makes it so exciting. So yeah, and I think that's one of the interesting things about it is because like Mando is the only one that's really seen the abilities of the child. Yeah, through, and with the mud horn. Yeah, and then the child's reaching into Grief Karga to touch his arm, yeah. and Kara's like, get this thing out of here. And then, but it's Quill, which kind of makes sense that they lived for 200 years. He's around, he's definitely around when Jedi were, were, were about, so he, he knew about Jedi. So he's like, oh, wait, hold on, well, let's, I, let's I, just I see how this when, plays out. When they're in the ship, didn't Quill say, I've heard stories of, of such such powers? Uh-huh. Um, and, and he says, now, now that... Uh, now that I see this, it, it makes it makes a lot more sense because there was an episode earlier on, uh, the end of episode two, where Quill says, "Explain it to me again to Mando," and he says, "I still don't understand what happened." Yeah. And then and then in that scene, he goes when he sees uh, when Cara Dune and, and Mando are arm wrestling, he sees Grogu trying to choke Cara, thinking that she's a threat to Mando. He's protecting. Yeah. And, and Quill's like, oh, okay, it all makes sense now. I see what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, I, I see what you're saying. He's lived 200 years. He's lived during the whole Clone uh, Wars, Jedi yeah, Order. Yeah, yeah. So he was uh, born yeah. into the Jedi Order era. Yeah, exactly. So it seems like it'd make more sense that it's common knowledge to him. So 
I mean, it may be, but I mean, like, because you have the Clone Wars happening, and unless the Jedi actually came to your planet with a Clone Wars battle, you probably didn't really see a Jedi in action. And depending on how much of a hermit he lived himself, he could have only heard stories about him, but never actually come across one. Because you got to remember, like, at this, even at that point in the Clone Wars, like, Jedi became more political figures than actual what they used to be. Sure. Jedi used to be more involved in the galaxy and protecting it. Now they just became so political that they kind of lost their purpose. Mm-hmm. And Which ultimately led to their fall. Exactly. And I actually want to do a quick side sidebar thing on the Force Healing, because I remember when this first came out, people were like, oh, this is going to be a, a spoiler for the Red Skywalker. And then when it came out, we saw the Force Healing thing. Then we found, saw that in the movie, and then everyone's like, started, there's like tons of memes about the force ability of Wait, force healing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, why didn't you just use this? Why didn't Obi-Wan just use this to save Qui-Gon? Why didn't Anakin just use this to save Pepinet? Like, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the force healing ability has actually been around for quite quite some time. Like, the Rise of Skywalker, Mandalorian, that's not the first time that we've actually seen it. We actually see it a lot in the Legends canon. Um, we see in Knights of the Republic, it's an ability that you can you can learn in order to heal yourself after battle. Um, in the New Republic, after the fall of the Empire, there's only certain Force users that are able to use the Force healing ability. Uh, I know that there was one Jedi in particular, the only Force ability she was good at, I think her name was Sigal. She was a Mon, Cal- Mon Calamari Jedi, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I know she used it to cure Mon Mothma of uh, some type of poison that was in her her body. Um, Coyote Mundi was one of the people that was able to use it. He used it to heal a broken collar, but he had to do it in a meditation. I know Obi-Wan uses it, not during the Clone Wars, but he's after his time of studying on Tatooine, he kind of uses a basic healing form on Luke after the attack of the Tusken Raiders. When he puts his hand uh, on his forehead, that's yeah. kind of a little bit of force healing on Luke. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the Clone Wars, Anakin even tried to try to use the the healing ability, but he failed. So as powerful as Anakin was, his he was more focused on. I'm sure during his studies, he was more focused on everything else and like combat and more of the attack style force abilities and didn't really think of force healing as a as a useful tool so, so it's kind of doesn't fully explain so maybe Pal- palpatine kind of um seemed to seduce anakin using that saying hey you know the, if you want to learn how to do this the only way to do it is through me through the dark side but yeah. that wasn't true correct he was trying to te- tell anakin oh i can teach you how to live forever and save people from dying not through jedi healing but maybe some kind of easier technique that Anakin because we all know Anakin was all about doing like the easy stuff yeah cut like, corners. yeah exactly and so the dark side seems to be a way to cut corners and he kind of fell for it yeah. so so I know a lot of people are like complaining about the whole force healing ability but it it's it wasn't it's it's been around for a while when I saw it I was like oh cool they're pulling stuff from legends and uh, working more force abilities into in the canon 
that we mm-hmm. see today. And so, yeah. So that's so take, take, for you. It might it might take a lot more training to focus. It, it, it is interesting how different Jedi's have different strengths. Like you said, Kiati Mundi had that ability. Um, yeah. Well, maybe Even Mara Anakin Jade had it. Okay, Jade yeah. Was a, she was a well-rounded Jedi. She was kind of a little bit more like Rey, where she's mm-hmm. able to kind of have a, be able to be strong in pretty much everything. Uh, I know even Darth Bane used it for to sustain and invigorate himself. Uh, and then another one from Legends is Darth Sion. He used a form of force healing in order to keep, because his whole body was shattered, and he used it to keep himself alive, filled with hate. Mm-hmm. So, like like uh, Darth Maul. Yeah. I'm assuming, I mean, isn't that what Darth Maul did to keep himself alive? I mean, he, he, he clung on to his hatred for Obi-Wan, but he basically, um, I mean, I, I would imagine he used that power in some form to keep himself alive. He was basically cut in half. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, and then, I'm even reading here, it even says that Darth Vader also used it. Uh, it was a more of a perversion of the Jedi healing, but he was able to use it to sustain his body through anger and frustration. Mm. Um he was able to use it to allow his lungs to function without the aid of the his hyperbolic chamber or, or his life or his suit. Wow. So they're all lies from lies from lies from Palpatine to get Anakin over, man. That's basically. That's, so he could and, have learned it. He could have learned it. And so it's really cool to kind of see that uh, all these abilities and stuff that they're jumping from legends. Like a lot of people are sitting talking about like that there that the whole legends canon is completely tossed aside but they're actually little by little they're pulling pulling stuff that's awesome and so that so then we get to see in grogu because grogu was around during the time of the jedi temple as we as we learned and so i'm yeah. sure uh he learned some of the basic healing which he kind of used on grief cargo yeah, and I remember I remember on the second episode when when Mando first met him, they were they were sitting out there at, at sunset, um, just on on his way back to his ship on Arvala Seven. Oh and, yeah, that's right. And you could you could see I remember Grogu actually tried to do it, but he's like, Oh, what are you doing? And then he's like picks him up and puts him back in the crib. But <laughs> Yeah. I thought it was so, funny Greg Cargo was like, Oh, he's trying to eat me. <laughs> so when they when they when they get back in um when they get into the town on uh, Navarro, I, I like how he said there's only supposed to be, there was like that joke that there's only supposed to be four stormtroopers the whole time. And then she's yeah. like, there's a lot more than four stormtroopers here. And he's like, he's like, well, you know, they kind of took over. They're just spreading ever since the whole ruckus with, with uh, Din Djarin over here, you know? <laughs> Basically. And then that, uh, that, that uh, scout trooper was like, I'll give you 20 credits for the helmet. No, that's going on my wall. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, for anybody that read, uh, was it uh, Bloodlines? I don't think this is a reference to it, but uh, it just kind of reminded me of this one ex Imperial. He was a political figure that grew close to Leia. She mm-hmm. went to his office and he collected a helmet from each of the the stormtroopers, royal guards, and scout troopers, and all that. That's cool. It sounds like, like a regular Star Wars. It sounds like a regular Star Wars fan, man. Basically, yeah. And so he's kind of <laughs> like a uh empire fanatic even though he he was uh switching over to the rebellion side 
And so yeah. when Group Kurga mentioned that, I was like, oh, he can start his own little collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then of course, uh, and then they, when they get into the room with the uh, with the client, the admiral, um, there was four stormtroopers in there. <laughs> now, his basic which, guard. <laughs> yeah, his basic guard. I, I love how dirty the stormtroopers are in there. I love. Dude, that I did too. They're awesome. Because it shows that there's no functionality of them. Like they're just trying to. They're struggling. They're, they're like kind of just. They're like feral stormtroopers. <laughs> basically. They just. They're crazy. They're wild. And they're basically uh you know it's 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 interesting how when they sit down and have a conversation with a client he's basically talking about he kind of brings up an interesting point that's kind of a half truth when he says compare imperial rule to what you see around you now uh you it's you see chaos with imperial rule there's less death there's well it's, that's not true there's less um <laughs> Uh, there's bit. organization, there's, you know, e- economical strength and all these things he's naming off, which is actually kind of true. But of course, there's the downfalls of the imperial rule, which is it's imperial rule. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're sacrificing your freedoms for strict security. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like under the imperial rule, it's like, granted, yeah, you're you're safe as long as you're doing exactly what the emperor wants you to do. Yeah. But once you exercise a little bit of freedom and kind of think for yeah, yourself a little yeah. bit, they're like, nope, 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 kill them or send them to the mines as, as a slave. It, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of the first time you watch it, it's kind of a, a bit of an adrenaline pumping scene when he says, okay, I want to see the baby now. And you know, the baby's not there because he sent the baby back with Quill. Oh, yeah, he's it's sleeping. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, the baby's sleeping. Oh. He's like, oh, we'll be quiet. Yeah, yeah, we'll be quiet. <laughs> Um, and then again, and then we get the uh, introduction to Moff Gideon. This is the first time we saw Moff Gideon, right? Yeah, I actually was not expecting that. And, uh, what is his name? Uh, something in Esposito. Oh, Giancarlo. Yeah, like... Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, I, I like him as an actor. Like, oh, he's when I saw when I saw him in this, I was like, yep, all right. I'm, I'm not I'm not mad about him being a villain. He'd make a perfect villain. He has that very calm but sinister personality. That he he's very calm and polite, like like that's how he was as Gus. He's very that's calm, true. very 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 polite, but you know you don't want to piss him off. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. for those of you that don't get the reference of the name Gus, it's from uh, Breaking Bad. That was his character yeah. there. Yeah. Um. So. So who who shoots? So the client now the client gets killed. Because oh I, I like how Moff Gideon says okay so basically there's no baby in there yeah he's this is this is all a setup and then that's when all chaos breaks loose all hell breaks loose they start fighting yeah Moff Gideon doesn't even care about his own imperial people he's like no. oh, we got the client here we got my four stormtroopers but let's just kill them all and be be done with it so who who ended up who ended up killing the client. Uh, Moff Gideon's uh, platoon. Okay, the ones that were in the in the. Uh, in no, the, the, the Death Troopers. Like, as, you just see like a bunch of gunfire, and then once it, all the smoke clears, you just see like uh, a, a line oh. of Death Troopers. He's got that thing that if you fail, you just die. They, yeah, they, kinda, they had that kind of. Like, it's like the Imperial way, because Vader okay. does that every time somebody fails. Vader's like, oh, force choke. 
Well, yeah, they had they had that whole thing in um in the third episode on um in season two with the the whole um uh, rating of that that imperial freighter with oh yeah and, and her group and when they got a hold of the 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 captain of that ship he basically killed uh, his pilot yeah he's like hey you know we need help we're overrun he says i'm, I'm sorry the ship's too overrun at this point i'm not gonna send help you know what to do <laughs> yeah sacrifice <laughs> yourself yep sacrifice yourself it's our way that's it's nuts man um, this is the way this is the way yeah <laughs> so then as as uh and then like you said all the fight breaks loose and and uh the, i and then this is the scene that i re- i think this is the highlight of the episode was all those death troopers showing up out there in formation and then the the stormtroopers all coming out of the of those 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 the transports the transports uh, that was that was that was awesome and then dude yeah i really liked that yeah. whole scene uh the whole tension the whole tension bill was great yeah, and I thought it was really cool that they uh, brought in the 501st in order to fulfill some of the spots because they didn't have enough costumes. Yeah. And so they brought them all on set. So for oh, is that, you guys, is that the episode they brought, got brought in? That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't have enough Stormtrooper costumes. or So they, so I think it was Dave Filoni called up the 501st saying, hey, would you like to be an episode of Mandalorian? And like, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Would that, yeah, that'd be, who would say no to that? <laughs> exactly. And so for the... Because I know they announced it during that Star Wars celebration in Chicago, so it's a fun little fact that I always mm. thought was cool. And then you got kind of have a flash back and forth of Mando trying to get a hold of Quill, and it's kind of getting tense because he's he's running on the blurry trying to get back to the um, to the to the uh, Razor Crest, and then the scout troopers just hauling, hauling butt, you know, trying to get to trying to catch up to him. And I totally thought Quill was going to get away for some of this. That I can't yeah. He got. Oh man. And then I thought he was going to be alive. I didn't think he was actually going to be dead, man. That's uh, yeah, that's, that's the... true. I, I wasn't expecting that either. Could you just see the hatch from the the ship coming down? You're like, okay, yeah. he's almost there. He's almost there. He's 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 going to make it. He's going to make it. Nope. After all those almost. years of, of servitude and labor, and he finally gets free, and and then he, and then Mano comes and brings him over here just to, for him to die. It's really sad. <laughs> Yeah, I was really sad about that. Our rip. And then, and then uh, <laughs> Moff Gideon gives his famous line that we hear reiterated by Mando in season two. I I forgot how much I like that. Uh, the way Mando says it in like Return, like later on in season two, in in reply to his statement in this episode in this moment. Yeah, it makes it it makes it that much cooler going back and rewatching this because he's mm-hmm. just. At this point, Moff, Moff Gideon's just untouchable. At this point, he's he's yeah, he's like I've won. He's got all the power. I've won. Game over. It's it's got that whole um, like uh, like the bandits are inside the saloon having a shootout, and all the sheriffs are outside, and and they've got everybody out there, and there's basically no way out but to shoot your way out, or, or just you know you basically you have trying. to go with them. Yeah, or die trying. There's no way out of this, and uh, and Gideon knows it or thinks he knows it, and. Um, He's just got a lot of compass on this, and says that whole line. You know, you, you have something that I want. It's worth more to you than you will ever know. You know, so he'll soon be back with me. <laughs> but yeah. I, I like, I like, I love it's over What's that? Yeah, yeah, it's over. Yeah, <laughs> I have the high ground technically, sort of. Um, anyway, yeah, but what leads to 
the end of part one, in which leads to an epic conclusion part. in our next final episode. Yeah, which I'm very much looking forward to because I think I want to say episode episode eight. I'm not sure if episode three or episode eight was my favorite of this um, first season. I'm thinking the first season. Not on watching these. I think the last two episodes are my favorite. I just like everything that's going down in it. Yeah. Because things get a little bit more tense, a little bit more crazy. Sure. Um, and I also really liked how the uh, TIE fighter, because most of the time when you see the TIE fighters land, it's oh, just like yeah. just straight. I've never seen the wings kind of fold like that, and I thought that was kind of a nice little touch. So I don't know if all TIE fighters do that or if that's just uh, his specific model. And it's got it's kind of nuts to, to think because now we know from season two that there's actually an Imperial City uh, a facility that's local. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, which it's I imagine it's worth. Yeah, I imagine it's where these guys are all coming from. Yeah, I would imagine so. And after the next episode, they're a little bit more thinned out, and we see that they don't have as many as we thought. Exactly. But I really liked season seven. Uh, or not season seven, episode seven. Seven, yeah. Uh, same because uh, I just can't wait to get into the next episode and start talking about some of the stuff there because oh. some of the the plot and character developments there are pretty solid even with IG eleven. So yeah, yeah, and it's it's uh oh yeah the IG the uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, and there's a little foreshadowing there when you first meet him when they're asking about IG and what he does and Quill since Quill reprogrammed him. This is back when they're at Quill's place in Arvala 7. And he says he's programmed to nurse, to be a nursery, but he, he will protect if necessary. So that, yeah. that's a little bit of foreshadowing for this next episode. Very true. Very true. So, guys, that is it for this episode. As you guys will know, um, we have an Instagram, so go follow us there. Talk talk with other fans there we also have a discord jump over there we can continue discussion just about certain things from the episodes or just anything in star wars we got a bunch of fans there that love just uh talking with anybody so go ahead and jump into our discord uh and just say hi um also check out our link down below uh to all our merch uh we got some cool shirts that i know you guys will like uh we're going to be releasing some new ones soon so just keep checking back for that Um, so until next time, guys, may the force be with you always.